Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to AutoLine Daily. Today we start off with a couple of stories about some changes at GM. Back in January, when GM first announced new CEO Mary Barra's compensation would be less than her predecessor, Dan Ackerson, we said the company better brace for the backlash because the optics were terrible. GM then said Barra would actually make more money, but that it had to wait until it filed its proxy in April before it could release the full figures. Well, the story was starting to spin out of control. So yesterday, GM released an estimate of Barra's pay ahead of that proxy. General Motors says Barra will probably make about $14.4 million this year, but her total compensation will ultimately be determined by GM's performance. And then, as we reported last October, suppliers to General Motors hit the roof when the automaker changed the legal terms and conditions of its contracts. What made suppliers so mad is that GM changed these conditions without ever consulting with them. But now GM has seen the error of its ways. Grice Leblein, the head of GM Purchasing, says the company will modify its contracts to comply with the specific concerns laid out by its Suppliers Council, which includes about a dozen executives from supplier companies. This is going to go a long way towards making suppliers believe GM truly does consider them partners. Tomorrow kicks off a very important event in the history of the UAW. Over the next few days, Volkswagen workers in Chattanooga, Tennessee, will decide if they want the union to represent them and set up a works council. And not surprisingly, conservatives are fighting the effort. Republicans in the Tennessee legislature are threatening to block any more incentives for Volkswagen to expand its operations in the state if the union gets in. This vote has turned into a major political fight that's bringing in money and activists from all over the country. We should know how the vote turns out by this weekend. Mercedes and BMW are in an all-out war to boost sales and gain market share, and they're doing that by expanding their product lines such as with the new BMW 2 Series and the Mercedes CLA. Since the C-Class Mercedes will no longer be the entry-level model at Mercedes, the new model is being repositioned as a bigger and more luxurious car. Specifically, it's 3.7 inches longer and 1.7 inches wider. Heiko Schmidt, the head of C-Class product planning, tells AutoLine, and I quote, you can clearly feel that in the interior. There's substantially more room for all passengers. The new C-Class will offer many of the features found in the top-of-the-line S-Class, but Heiko Schmidt says the base price will stay in the mid-$30,000 range. Mercedes will also build the C-Class in the United States since that's the biggest market for the car worldwide. Put it all together and this could be a killer combination, bigger and glitzier, but for about the same price. The new C-Class goes on sale in the U.S. market in September. Last month in the U.S., new car sales were down 3%, but sales of vehicles powered by diesels were up 7.5%. In fact, diesels outsold hybrids. This includes full-size pickups, and the F-Series is at the top of that list 
with more than 8,000 diesels sold. But surprisingly, Ram comes in second at over 6,100 units, which is more than both Chevy and GMC combined. Volkswagen reigns supreme over all other diesel passenger cars, holding both the first and second spots with the Jetta and the Passat. And with more automakers adding diesels to their lineups, we expect this market to continue to grow. Hey, why is BMW, a German company, helping the U.S. Olympic team beat the German team in bobsled competition? We'll have more about that coming up next. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. It's been over half a century since the U.S. Olympic team took the gold medal in two-man bobsleds. It's a sport that's been dominated by the Germans, both East and West. But for the first time in a long time, the U.S. might have the best sled on the course. Today we go to part two of my interview with Michael Scully from DesignWorks USA, the advanced design studio that BMW maintains in California. And he's the guy who designed the new bobsled. This is a highly regulated series, just like any racing series is, and yet you've come up with a different look for it. All the other sleds are kind of bullet-nosed, bulbous. Mm -hmm. This is very different. It's more of a, a blade look to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has a distinct look, and I think that's, that's really due to uh, minimizing the frontal area of the sled, um, but also the cross-sectional area of the sled as you, as you were to go through it. Um, and that has benefits um, in straight line uh, aerodynamic performance, but also um, a lot of the different positions that the sled achieves during the course of a run. And that's something that we've really tried to consider with the design was not only sort of the ideal orientation of the sled, but really what it experiences as it goes down the track. And that's something that's very different um, than just a straight ahead position that maybe a, a, a typical aerodynamic profile would be perfect for, but as soon as you start achieving all these different situations and orientations, um, the considerations of the design change. In other words, uh, a wind tunnel is a somewhat limited uh, benefit in developing a sled. We, we certainly have used the wind tunnel um, in the project, and it's, it's a valuable tool, um, but it is only one input. Um, just as much as computational fluid dynamics, which we've also used extensively on the project, um, to simulate different types of flows and orientations. Um, but because the track is so varied and diverse, um, really you, you get your true answers when you get on the track. Um, so for us, that's, that's uh, something that we've embraced and tried to get on track as many times as possible. When you say that you get the real answers when you get on the track, you are a car racer yourself. How has that benefited you in developing this sled? Yeah, I think understanding the the importance of the equipment in the driving equation is is important um, but it's also um, critical as far as being able to listen to the pilot's feedback and understand maybe what they're sensing and be able to translate that into a meaningful change um, going forward and so we've tried to build in a lot of adjustability um, just as you would on a on a race car um, to be able to accommodate the, the pilot's preferences um, and also accommodate any variations in the track um, and using carbon fiber is something that um, has allowed us also to place the weight, uh, the required weight of the sled where we want it and where it might be advantageous um, to, the, to the behavior. 
uh, as it goes down the track. So it's it's all it's all similar in in a way to uh, race cars, um, but in another way uh, uh, different. And those those differences are are part of the challenge and the and the and the learning and the fun for the project. The bobsled competition gets going on Thursday, and it's going to be a thrill to see that sled in action. Hey, don't forget to join us Thursday night for AutoLine After Hours when our guest will be Bill Warner, the founder of the Amelia Island Concours d'Elegance, considered one of the best in the world. If you want to learn how an event like this goes together, join us starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time at AutoLine.tv. And that wraps up today's report. Thank you for tuning in.